Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and your co-host, Krista Hope. Hi, and making, welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and myself, Krista Hope, as your co-host. Uh, so excited to be here with you tonight. Um, it seems like a really great theme we have for tonight, which is one step at a time. And right now, I'm having to take it one step at a time as I'm having some technical difficulties. So, so Keith brilliant you always know what's going to happen out in the ethers and <laughs> picked a brilliant theme for tonight well oh, that's awesome Chris. Are- i'm so glad you were able to, <laughs> to log on here it's great yeah by the skin of my chinny chin chin <laughs> <laughs> yeah for those of you listening Chris had just got online i guess you're were you having some problems with your computer before the show Something. There's some sort of problem. <laughs> I don't even understand. It wasn't letting me log in. So glad you can hear me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here, and we can hear you great. And, um, yeah, the theme tonight is one step at a time. So this, I'm glad that's so resonant for you. And the step is here we are right now. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is this is – I hope for our callers that this – is what it is for me. This is a real, this is a check-in, a reprieve, a, a, just a really energizing space for me to be in. And, and hopefully that's what everybody that's listening is taking from the show as well. I love what I might learn and I don't know what I'm going to learn each time. And it's exciting to see where the conversation goes. And it's always something for me, very uplifting and interesting and, and uh, deepening. And and if you do have calls, we'd love to hear from you tonight. The number is 914-338-0905. How about yeah, you, Keith? We should mention every, Well, I was good. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I was going to mention if you call in and, and ask your coaching question around mindfulness, or it can be about anything in your life. Um, we're also going to gift you with a, a free copy of my new book, Making Sense of Mindfulness, too. So we should mention that. And, um, yeah, I'm doing well tonight. To be honest, I, it's been an interesting day. I feel like um, the world is just buzzing. There's so much going on, and it's been quite busy. I, I just finished giving three workshops today in a row. It's been a bit of a, a marathon for me today. And so when I was planning the theme for the show, One Step at a Time, I was anticipating this moment of coming off of three different events and workshops with totally different groups of people um, and I was envisioning myself feeling a little bit depleted from all of the busyness of, of traveling from one to the other and facilitating all day. And I, um, I love this theme of just coming back to the, the wise words of Lao Tzu, who, um, who apparently was the one that wrote the book, The Tao Te Ching. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with The Tao Te Ching, it's one of the oldest books um, 
ever written by man. And um, Lao Tzu, uh, this Chinese man, they don't even know if it's a real person or if it's just a, a reference to the, the scholars of this book, but the Tao, spelt T-A-O, is, um, is a short book. It can be read many times over in a day, but it's, they say it's a lifetime of wisdom. There's these uh, 81 verses of the Tao Te Ching, and each one just has a little glimpse of how to live your life, and just, I guess it's wisdom that channeled through these writers, or Lao Tzu. And um, so one of my favorite quotes, and it's a very popular quote outside of that, the Tao, so to speak, it's become adopted by our world, is this, uh, this quote that says, the journey of a thousand miles is one step at a time. And uh, I find this is such a practical and not just practical, but relevant practice for a lot of us that feel like our lives are just so full and so much doing and so much busyness and trying to get from one point to the next as quick as we can. And, you know, just um, this practice of remembering that amongst all of the chaos, if we just remember that it's here now, it's this one step, one foot in front of the other, um, this idea that we accomplish big things like a, the day ahead of us that might be super busy and full of all sorts of things I got to do. We accomplish big things by starting with just one small step at a time and not getting overwhelmed by the, the big picture. So this theme tonight for me is, is really relevant today, but I also get a sense just from uh, being out and about today and running some of these workshops. This is a, a pretty collective feeling in the air these days as we, uh, move into the spring and people are coming off busy winters and it's um, it's really time to take stock and to, to slow down and to, to come back to the realization that we really need to practice being in each present moment one step at a time. So that's um, a little bit of the inspiration tonight for the show for sure, Krista. What's uh, coming up for you over there? That's really so relevant right now. Um, that's really been the conversation I've been in the last couple of days or the, the processing of how do you slow down and, and get um, when you're inundated by busyness and caught up in the spin and the swirl of it all, how do you just stop? And is it my question last night I was pondering was, is it things that need to change or is it, is it internal? What do you think mm. about that? That's a great question. Um, as I just sit with that right now, I think about how so much of our lives are um, influenced by the external world and by things, so to speak, you know, whether it's material things or our calendars of to-do lists. Um, and, I do think that the internal part of us has a huge role to play and often gets neglected. Um, I find in some of the busiest times in my life when I'm feeling overwhelmed and, and depleted because it just feels like I can't tackle everything all at once. And um, what I really need to change is, is internal. Like you're saying, it, it's, it's an inner place. And the hardest part the hardest step I find is to just pull away from whatever it is that I'm doing where I'm feeling overwhelmed and to just take a few deep breaths. Um, I think back to my time actually on Canadian Idol. Um, for those of you listening that aren't familiar, if you're listening in the States or whatnot, uh, very similar to American Idol, I, I spent a summer singing on there back in 2006. It was uh, 
the very last chance that I could audition for the, the TV show and try to make it to the top, I guess, 10, because I was turning 28. And apparently after the age of 28, you're no longer considered a rock star. So I, um, that was the cutoff to audition. And so I went out for the audition, and to my surprise, I made it down to the, the top 22 on the show. And they flew me from Winnipeg to Toronto to compete on the show. And this, was, this meant that I was going to be singing in front of, you know, 2 million Canadians a week on live national TV. And as you can imagine, it felt very um, busy in my mind. I mean, the pressure of that going live and making sure I wouldn't forget any of my lyrics and hit the right notes and knowing that my entire family and um, circle of friends is watching. And, you know, it's, it's quite a, a moment. And it was very much about, uh, about kind of that busy monkey mind feeling. And I, as we were talking about this, I was just thinking about one of the experiences from Canadian Idol. Um, when I first got to Toronto, I, I got to spend 15 minutes each week rehearsing with uh, an amazing vocal coach. Her name was Deborah Bird. She's coached some of the greatest singers in the world. It was amazing that I got to spend 15 minutes exclusively with this woman who just has coached some of the greatest singers. And um, so I walked into the, the rehearsal, and I had my music with me that I'd be singing that week. And as soon as I walked into the room, I could feel, and I don't know if this relates to you too, Krista, but like my mind actually felt like it was ahead of my body. Like I was 20 Mm -hmm. steps ahead from where my body actually was. My mind was just racing. And I walked in and there was five TV cameras filming me from like every angle, even one up my nose. And I remember giving my music to Mark, the piano player, and uh, all of a sudden he started playing and because my mind was so much further ahead than my body, I, I felt myself starting to sing. And within about five seconds of singing, I felt my, my voice just kind of continually speaking out loud. Like I'd sing a note and then I'd be like, is this okay? Am I doing okay? And so about uh, a minute into the song, Deb just stopped it. She said, just stop, pause. And all of a sudden that voice in my head got even louder going, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting eliminated from this show before I even got on it, on it to sing. And um, I just remember this moment so profoundly. Uh, it was one of those moments where I realized like, yeah, there is an internal part to this whole practice. She took my hands and she looked me in the eyes and the room got silent and she just said, just breathe. And we, we took a deep breath together. Um, if you're listening right now, I invite you to just honestly take a deep breath, like in through your nose, out through your mouth. And then I did that, and and she said, okay, well, that was barely a breath, so take another one. So we took another deep breath together, inhale and exhale. And that time I felt a little shift in my body. And then she said, just one more for good luck. And we we took another deep breath together. And I remember she, she looked me in the eyes after those three breaths, and she said, now sing. And the intention was so much different. I have to tell you, it was like the power of three breaths transformed the entire experience for me. And what went from external monkey mind turned into the, the music started, and for the first time, I actually felt what it was like to be a singer. I felt the music flow through my body. Every word that came out of my mouth was connected. It was like I, it was actually connecting me to past memory. And it was just this feeling of expansion in the room. And I felt myself moving into tears. And, and at the end of it, Deb said, that's what it means to sing. And I think we have this experience and opportunity 
all the time when we slow it down and we take a deep breath or a couple deep breaths and we go inward, we go inward and we just listen and we get silent. And we, it's almost like a reset button to take a deep breath. Cause after we do that, it's like, there's this clarity that, that shows up and, and back to that theme again, it's like, then we know what step we're going to take with consciousness, with intention. So that's, um, that's all coming up for whatever reason tonight, whoever needs to hear that story. That's, uh, that's what's on my mind around this whole, this whole intention tonight of one step at a time. Yeah, that, that's so clear, Keith. And it isn't it amazing that by simply taking a deep breath and grounding, centering, just, just checking in, it shifts everything. And so that's the answer. The answer is, you know, maybe there's things that need to change, but I think it becomes pretty clear from that space. Yeah. Well, things are always, things are always changing. That's the the whole um, thing is that we are in a, we're in a consciousness or a, a current state reality of just everything is constantly changing. And if we try to mm-hmm. hold on tightly and try to keep it all like the same, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's a fight. So yeah. Yeah. To, to, to allow, to let go, to take a deep breath, to, to loosen my grip on life so that it can inflow, it can just flow a little better and easier. It's, um, it's such a peaceful practice to, and it's and the great thing is it's free. It literally is free yeah. to practice this. All you got to do is just take a deep breath in through your nose <laughs> and out through your nose and mouth, and and you reset consciously. Yeah, and right? sudden, suddenly everything feels better. Then doesn't it? It does. It's amazing yeah. the uh, the connection between our mind and our body, and yeah, physically. I mean, just taking a deep breath with intention. I can feel my shoulders relaxing. I can feel my chest softening. All the tension spots in my body kind of start alleviating and yeah I think a lot of us I was just today in one of the workshops we were talking about this um so many of us we we walk at such a fast pace and we move so quickly through Mm -hmm. our lives and one woman in the workshop today had spoken of the idea that you know she goes I'm so much more comfortable when I'm just going fast like the slow down is really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for me and as we peeled away some of the layers of that we we uncovered that you know for a lot of us that were sitting in the room um there's almost a fear of of getting present to what's here now because we spent so long avoiding it and um trying to dodge specifically certain emotions too you know but i don't know if you found this but when i take a deep breath sometimes and i just come into the present moment there's there's often times where i just feel like having a good cry or just feeling absolutely grateful for the fact that I'm here alive or, you know, and so often for some crazy reason as humans, we, we tend to dodge the tenderness. We tend to dodge certain feelings. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that pattern that we've adopted as a culture too. Yeah, it, it is very intriguing. And, and, you know, I actually said this yesterday. I think it's actually harder for the younger generation as they – and I don't know. I don't know what the truth is on this. I have some theories, but they're coming up much more connected than we were because of they're surrounded by so much technology and access to to things that that they can um, they don't have to necessarily be as present for. 
And so I actually find with a lot of kids now, it seems even more uncomfortable for them to be in stillness and breathe. And, um, yeah, it's a little concerning for me, <laughs> to be honest. As a so intu- yeah, it's so, in- yeah, and as a parent, I imagine, too. It's very intuitive you to mention that. I um, had the first workshop today. I had a, a young man come up to me at the end. He waited till the very end, and he was – an incredible guy, 22-year-old and um, boy, and he comes up to me and he just said, you know, your talk really inspired me today and um, started sharing a little bit about this next generation. And we, we got into a conversation about exactly what you're saying, about how it's um, even more challenging in a way for, for a lot of this next generation coming up to to feel completely connected to the present moment. Um, he was, we were talking about, you know, you turn on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram and we see everybody's posts about how perfect their world is going. And, you know, and if it is a rant, it's, um, it, it's rare, but if it is a rant on something, you know, it's, it's, it, it almost feels like we aren't allowing ourselves to feel. It's, um, it's just such a strange time and there's a lot of pressure to show up perfect and in a certain way. And, um, yeah, although we're so connected in terms of we could talk to somebody in Australia right now in real time, it's like we're so disconnected in, in another way from from ourselves, from our internal selves and allowing ourselves to feel what we feel and be who we need to be and not necessarily be YouTube stars so that the world knows what we're doing every moment. It's like, do you know what you're doing every moment? Are you being authentic and true and real? I, I feel like the world just... I, Practice of mindfulness is so relevant right now. It's so relevant. Yeah. Absolutely. I've seen a fun thing this week uh, that I thought was a really cool practice to try. Um, you know, as you said, it looks like everything is so perfect for people on social media. And that's just, you know, we don't post typically about our, our negative things. We post about our positive things. And so this woman suggestion was to look through your own social media feed and see what a rock star life you have yourself because we lose perspective when we're in our negative and positive but if you surf through that you see all your positive and it's like oh my life is pretty great so I thought that was a cool practice that I've never done before <laughs> yeah oh I love that yeah. that's such a great practice celebrate yourself <laughs> in of, your life yeah 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 Absolutely. I'm going to give people the number one, one more time, and then I want to hear what you have to say, Keith. It's 914-338-0905. It's a great opportunity to get some insight from Keith on, on something you're dealing with. So um, what were you going to say there, Keith? Yeah, I was just uh, on this topic of, of talking about celebrating the rock star that you are. Um, a very powerful mindfulness practice in addition to the one you're saying where you look at your feed and reflect back on all the, the good things you posted. I love that. Um, there's also this great practice as well that I challenge people. It's not, it's not for the light of heart. And as soon as I say this word, some of you listening might cringe, but the word, the mirror, like I always say we have this opportunity every time at the end of using the bathroom to, to actually practice mindfulness when we're washing our hands and we look up and staring us smack in the face is one of the greatest tools available to to deepen into authenticity and truth and and that's the mirror and you know when you think about it 
so many of us are even just hearing the words that we start sometimes cringing or going, Oh, here we go into some cheesy talk about the mirror. But, but really, <laughs> if you consider this, like to stand in front of a mirror, most people, myself included at times, we get in front of a mirror and we look at ourselves and we think, Ooh, bad hair day. We think, Oh, look at that blemish coming in or you got to get to the gym later. You know, and we, we spend this time chronically beating ourselves up in our head, going, oh, I'm not good enough. I, some people don't even face themselves in the mirror. They're like, I don't want to even look at that, you know, whatever that is. Um, so I often challenge people in mindfulness practice to, to get in front of the mirror and have a conversation with yourself, whether it's an internal dialogue or external if you've got the guts to do it. Um, but imagine standing in front of the mirror and to actually see yourself and be like, hey, handsome, hey, cutie, or to go even deeper than that, you know, to, to get to a place of like, you're doing a great job today, like to just see yourself. And, and I know there's going to be resistance for most of us when we do this, when we, we look in the mirror, it's going to be that monkey mind of all the things we need to improve. But to, to refocus the conversation with yourself in the mirror and go, wow, you've got a great hair color or to give yourself a compliment or, you know, even to get a little deeper, like, you know, I really love you. Or I want to love you if you're not at I love you. You know, I I think about how powerful that practice is. Um, one of my mentors, Wayne Dyer, used to talk about this. He said, if um, if I had an orange right now in front of you and I were to, to squeeze the orange, what would come out? And, you know, you'd say juice. But it wouldn't be grapefruit juice. It wouldn't be a cranberry juice. It would be orange juice. And um, he goes on to ask this, like, if I were to squeeze you right now, uh, on a belief level, what beliefs are in you that have been playing out in your life? Like, what would squeeze out of you on a belief level about yourself? You know, would it be things like, oh, I'm not good enough, or I need to do better, or uh, I just don't know if I'm meeting the mark? Would that be what comes out? Or, you know, would it be things like, wow, I'm I'm really doing a great job today. I'm worthy. I'm authentic. I'm enough. And, um, he, he talks about this and goes on and on about this, this concept of how so many of us have programmed ourselves to, to these beliefs of just not feeling worthy and not feeling good enough and um, to really retrain ourselves back to the place where we actually originated, this place of truly loving ourselves, to, to see ourselves for who we are and to reprogram it. It starts with our thinking, our beliefs. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm so fascinated by this i i heard recently you know uh, and you might know this too krista from having kids but i heard for the first two years of their life kids look in the mirror and they don't even recognize themselves in the mirror did you know is okay, that, did you i've never that? heard that yeah i and then, i didn't experience that yeah and then well i've heard this as a theory and then after that um when kids do actually find themselves in the mirror it's it's not a critical thing. They're, they they laugh at themselves. Like they play with themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's kind of a humorous thing. They there's a light that sparks in them, and um, and then we get to like the teenage years, and we know all know how that goes. It's just everything is wrong with you, and I'm not even going to look at you in the mirror unless I'm trying to make you better. And you know, so many of us have gotten stuck in that that pattern from our teenage years of just not loving ourselves and not really appreciating us. So the, the invitation is to just come back to, to a place of at least appreciating who you are and loving on yourself. And wow, it just, I think a Gandhi, you know, be the change. We talk about that a lot on this show, but to embody a place yeah. of truly loving on ourselves can have profound effects in the world. 
Well, <laughs> and, and a lot of talking and we have to debate. Uh, well, it's funny because I think it's actually it is such a natural thing to love ourselves, and I see that I see that with my daughter and my son. Um, it, when when you don't know any different, and you're not maybe told by society that you shouldn't stare in the mirror and you know think about how beautiful you are, because maybe there's a perception that people have made up that that's vain. Um, sometimes my daughter would make me uncomfortable with how much she would enjoy staring at herself in the mirror or dancing in front of the mirror. I remember when she first got to go try and close in a store and I mean, really the whole thing for her was to just look at herself in the mirror and that was just super fun for her. So, you know, because she hadn't been told that wasn't, that wasn't acceptable by society or, you know, maybe there was something wrong with that. So it's, it's really natural. So it's coming back to that natural state. And what's interesting is I'm, I'm, I'm in a women's group and, and we're, we talk a lot about this of trying to deal with the competitiveness that's naturally innate between women and um, it's between everybody, but we're dealing with it with women and the source of it truly is in not loving ourselves. And when we're judging ourselves, it's when we judge other people. And so the way through it and the way past it is to learn to truly love and appreciate yourself. And that's then the competitiveness and the, the cattiness and the nasty things that can go on between women just falls away. So oh, wouldn't, great wouldn't, insight. wouldn't the world be a great place? And a it good is, step it is to a love great ourselves. Place. When we show up, yeah, when we show up and do that, I, uh, Ah, that's such powerful wisdom, what you're saying. I, I love this idea, too, that everything is a mirror reflecting back at us. I mean, who we show up as, the world's going to reflect back at us. So if we're judgmental and tearing ourselves apart and everyone else, for that matter, we'll, we're going to receive that back. You know, we, it's this yeah. whole circle of giving and receiving and, and how are we being, and it comes back full circle. So it's like to really move into a state of self-love first like you're saying awesome absolutely um i'm just reading your we have an email question from michelle keith and it's interesting because it's really on this topic all of the things we've been talking about so this will be a great um to further the conversation i'm feeling overwhelmed with trying to keep my life in balance i feel like i've taken on too much and i don't know how to slow down how can i find a better balance in my life Hmm. Great question, Michelle. Thank you for emailing in with that. And um, I know that question resonates with a lot of people, that feeling of overwhelmed and trying to keep everything in balance, but have so much going on that you want to do and don't know how to slow down. And oh, that's a, just a great question. And um, yeah, what pops up for me on that to, to respond without you being here on the phone is to really um, just appreciate the fact that you're even asking that question to start with, you know, um, to notice that you are feeling overwhelmed and out of balance is really the first step. When we talk about, you know, steps, is it to, to recognize that you're feeling out of balance is a huge part of it. So many of us don't even realize we're overwhelmed and out of balance and we just carry on as the status quo. That's how it goes. So appreciate the fact that you are actually asking that question. Um, the second piece that comes to me right now is a place of how to find better balance in your life. Um, I believe I've talked a little bit about this before in the show, but 
to reiterate this idea of um, our mind and our body connection. And so often our mind is so, like I was saying earlier on the show tonight, our, our mind sometimes is so busy and active and trying to make plans for us that it sometimes is over-talking and, and actually moves us into a place of the future before our body can actually arrive there. Um, we're making plans before we even get there. And as a result of that, you know, a busy mind can really cause a lot of imbalance in our lives. So the invitation here would be um, the practice of inviting your mind as opposed to being the talker to become more of a listener, to take the back seat from trying to do it all itself. It's almost like a partner in a relationship, your mind, it, it, with, and it's in relationship with your body. And to just invite your mind to just become a listener. And your mind's going to say, well, what am I supposed to listen to? There's so much to do on my plate. I can't listen right now. And so what you do is you take a deep breath. Like I was saying earlier in that idle reference, you take a deep breath and you just let go. You just allow your mind to start focusing all of its attention on one thing. And that one thing can be your breath. I call that your anchor point. And you just start watching your breathing, inhaling and exhaling one breath at a time. And you just slow it down until you, you feel like your shoulders relax and your whole body relax. Um, second step would be to actually shift your mind's focus to a place in your body. Um, your body also is known as your unconscious mind. Your body holds all of your wisdom. It's where your intuition lives. Y you underestimate yourself. We all do when we're not listening to the wisest part of us, which is actually our body wisdom. Um, our intuition speaks to us in a couple of different ways, very much sensationally. It also speaks to us in those, um, those instinctive moments where we just know what to do. Um, those, those moments when you just get those ahas and you don't know where they came from, but it's like, oh, this is right. And it's like almost a, a burning desire or just a feeling of peace within you at times. So I like to just even take my hand and place it on my heart. And as I'm breathing, I just focus my mind to listening to my heart. And I just ask my heart, like, what is it that I need right now the most? And if you just listen to your heart, it will honestly almost instantly speak what it needs. And if the mind is listening, it, it will know that it's your heart. Ask my heart right now, like, Keith, what, what is it that I most need right now? My heart is actually saying a sip of water. <laughs> so I have a sip of water here that I will take. And um, it's, uh, it's just even at that level, it's like learning how to listen to your intuition. So often we get cues from our body, like, I need to use the bathroom, and you feel that urge. And then your mind starts talking, going, you can't use the bathroom, you're too busy. Don't, you can take the bathroom break later, and blah, blah, blah. And we don't honor it, and so we fall out of balance. Um, same thing when we go to sit down to have a meal, and, you know, our stomach is, but before that, our stomach is rumbling, and we, we're not sitting down to have the meal, and we're, instead our mind's going, you've got to work harder. You can't, you don't have time to eat right now. It's like listening to the cues from our body. Um, those inner whispers, those inner, sometimes they're actually sensational things like stomach rumbling or um, bladder getting bigger and the feeling of having to go to the bathroom. It, 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 to honor that, it, it, to slow it down enough to honor what your body needs as well. So um, it's a great question, Michelle. I hope this is giving you some insight into how to bring more balance. But um, you might even ask your heart the question, how can I find a better balance in my life right now? And when your mind hears it from your heart, 
the big challenge is will your mind take action and honor what the heart's asking as opposed to having its own agenda? So great question, hey? Good one. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm processing what you just said there at the end. Take action and do what your heart's wanting. I think that's how you said that. I wonder, Keith, what, yeah. what was coming to, to mind for me um, there's really not much difference between this question and, you know, someone's dealing with a lot of um, maybe emotional pain. You know, maybe they're in a, just a really traumatic period of something they're dealing with. It's really the same yeah. answer. To, yeah, it's a. I totally think so. I love that you're bringing that up um, because our emotions are part of our body's wisdom and. Um, a lot of times, if you've noticed, like our society's mm-hmm. conditioned to think that we need to, as soon as we start feeling certain feelings, we need to like stuff them. We need to shut it down. Like, mm-hmm. like boys don't cry, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, the practice of really listening to the body means to listen to what's the emotion that's here right now and to give myself permission to feel that emotion and to accept that this is where I'm at right now. The, the amazing thing yeah. is when we really allow that emotion to, to flow, it's like there's a, there's a there's a lift, there's a shift, you know. Yeah. Why Why do you think I'm I'm finding I keep seeing this with whether it's clients or talking to people or blogs I'm reading. We have a real fear of our emotions if they're if they're what we perceive as negative or painful. Um, and I say perceive because it's all it's all perception of how what's what's been decided as good and bad. Um, but I wonder where that comes from, Keith. Why are we so afraid of sadness, pain? Um, and, and I think what I'm seeing is there seems to be a real, in my experience in the past, there's a real fear of going through it, almost as if, I don't know, are we, am I going to lose myself? I'm not sure what the fear is exactly, but we're getting lost there. Do you see that a lot with clients? Yeah, and, and that's such a great piece and question that you're bringing up. Is there's a couple questions I'm hearing in there. Like the first is like, like why do we have this, or why are we? Is the question why are we avoiding this pain? Is that yeah what yeah. you're asking? Yeah, why are we avoiding this pain? Well, um, I believe that in, in in the book that I just finished working on for the last five years that's coming out, um, there's, principle two of making sense of mindfulness really applies here. There's um. There's an, an entity in all of us, it's been said, that uh, Carl Jung deemed the saboteur. Um, for me, if you can imagine this, there's a stick character that lives in my imagination, and the stick character is always pointing at me, and it's telling me all the things as a voice in my head that, like, I should, I shouldn't, um, I need to be more, get more, don't feel this emotion, you should feel this one. It's, um, it's really this conditioned mindset that, at some level, without realizing it, I adopted. Um, it was passed on to me from, you know, the, the society that we live in. There's collective saboteur going on. There's um, unspoken agreements that get made between us without us even realizing it. You know, somebody says, oh, you should never wear a blue shirt again. And all of a sudden you go, okay, I'll never do that again. And we, we give our power away based on somebody else's what I call saboteur that might be playing out from someone else that told them you shouldn't wear a blue shirt. And so we get into these um, cultural saboteurs where 
we almost accept that that's just the status quo. That's the norm. And so we have a lot of those playing out, especially with certain emotions. Like, um, I don't know about you, but I was raised to believe. I mean, I went to an all-boys school growing up for me, and, and I was told to show any sign of crying is just is weakness. You don't cry. You know, you're, you're a football player, and you're tough, and you need to look strong, and you can't, you can't show emotion because that's weakness. Um, you know, but we, we were told things like you can't be angry. When you, when you get angry, you, you just take a few deep breaths and, and sit it out until you feel better. It's like don't feel the anger. Um, this is like telling your heart to stop beating. This is like telling your breath to stop breathing. But culturally, we've, we've made these unspoken agreements that this is just the norm. And as a result, when, when a collective saboteur like this in our culture comes up, um, there's actually, it's scary to speak about it. It's scary to name it and to expose it. But the, the consequence of not exposing it is that we end up literally stuck like a, a flea in a jar. Um, we, we can't get out, you know, there's like a lid on the jar. And, and so I think this is where this partly or mostly originates from is collective conditioning of our society and accepted unspoken agreements that we need to be a certain way. And we can only feel certain way. You can only feel happy on Facebook. <laughs> you can only, you know, <laughs> be happy at work. But when we put on the fake smile, let's face it, we are all connected unconsciously and we know when someone's having a bad day without them telling us. We know when somebody's feeling pain and they just they can't voice it. And so I really um, challenge us all, myself included, to hold space for people, to stop the judgment and to notice your saboteur that goes, oh, I can't let this person cry. It's like, what would it be like to just allow somebody the space to feel what they're feeling? without judgment, you know, if we could move into that mindset and to allow ourselves, like you were saying earlier, to allow ourselves to stop judging ourselves and to just allow ourselves to feel that internally, um, I think that this is going to bring a major shift to how we're operating as a culture, but also how we're operating individually. It brings up so much, Krista. It's such a great topic to be speaking about. Yeah, this, it's, a, it's a great conversation. And, and I guess it takes constantly looking at, hmm, is this the truth? Is this, is this how I really feel or how I, you know, how am I viewing this? There's a lot of yeah. opportunity in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, we have, we have a bunch more emails, so let's see what we can get to here. Um, yeah, squeeze another one in here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jamie emails saying, I want to quit my job and pursue my dream of being an actress, but I'm scared to do it. Do you have any tips on what I should do? Oh, there's that fear again, right? <laughs> Janie, we're talking about just now about the saboteur mentality of you can't quit your job and be an actress. Um, yeah, that is scary to do that, to, to step out of the, the norms of what society's told you is acceptable. And um, wow. This is close to home. This is a great question. I, I've spent a lot of my life um, as a musician, and I can't tell you how many times I, it was just scariest thing to not have a secure income and to not know where my next gig was going to be. And, um, you know, at times I still feel that way, and it's, it's really saboteur. Um, it's conditioned mindset that says you can't do it or it's not going to work out. Um, it might, it, this comes from program beliefs. So 
just start noticing even in in your question you're you're asking it and i can hear it from a place of i'm scared to do it um what would it be like if you were to take the lid off the jar um i i keep referencing this jar tonight i should explain myself there's um as was this experiment done with fleas and i i don't uh, encourage you to do this experiment at home unless you do have fleas at home. But you, um, <laughs> and that was supposed to be a joke, but you put, you put fleas in a jar, right? Fleas can jump a hundred times their height. So just, you put a flea in a jar, it's going to jump right out of the jar. But here's the thing. If you put a flea in a jar and you put a lid on the jar, the flea's going to jump and hit the bottom of the lid and fall back down. And it's going to learn over time that jumping that high is, is actually harmful. So it ends up jumping only so high as, not to, as to not hit the bottom of the lid. And the crazy thing is about this experiment, when you take the lid off the jar, the flea never jumps out of the jar ever again. It's been conditioned to only jump so high. So even though the lid's off the jar, it just stays in that continual pattern of staying within the lid of the jar. And, you know, when you think about quitting your job and pursuing your, your dream of being an actress, Janie, I mean, there may be a bit of this going on where it's like, no, it's safer to stay in the jar in this pattern. But guess what? The fact that you're asking this question, the lid is loosening off your jar right now. And as I take the lid off your jar, and I'm not saying you're a flea, I'm just saying that you're somebody that's wanting more out of life than being in this conditioned pattern. If I take the lid off the jar and you look up above you, what do you see where the lid comes off? It's infinite possibility. The Hawaiians say this is called kala, K-A-L-A. You look up above you and you realize that above all of that pilikia and fear of, oh, I can't, I should just stay in this safe place, above you is all possibility. You have all possibility right there if you're willing to jump past that pattern. So I guess my advice to you here is to jump out of the jar, to to, to do it, to trust, especially if it's intuitively, like your heart's saying do it. To, to trust yourself here. You know, I guarantee that there will be a net to land on. You, um, I love Wayne Dyer used to say this. You can't fail. You know, to fail is impossible because even if you quit your job and you pursue this dream of acting and you really do and you focus in on it, even if that fails, the amazing thing is failure is just going to produce a result for you and something that you're going to learn from. And you're going to go, oh, not going to do that piece again. I'm going to do this instead. But if you don't open the door, you're not going to know. And, and I can hear that although there's fear, there's a really deep part of you that is wanting this so badly that your soul is wanting to act um, and be this actress. So, so follow it. Um, make it real. Uh, if you're on the phone right now, I'd be coaching you to a place of, deep, are you ready to quit your job? <laughs> what would it mean to, to quit your job and pursue this for you right now? How would that look as you're looking up above the lid of the jar, past the lid of the jar? So first step. Um, I'll leave you with that question of what is my first step towards pursuing my dream that's just waiting above the jar? What would it mean to just take that jump out of the lid, out of the, out of the jar, take the lid off? So great questions tonight. That is fantastic. Thank you for emailing in Janie. And um, we appreciate that. That's exciting. I'm glad she's asking the question because it means that, you know, she's going to take, she's going to take the, uh, get past her fear or she would just be yeah. keeping a secret. That's right. It's already done. It's, it's yeah. already there. The fact yeah. she's speaking it out loud, it's a dream coming into fruition. That's awesome. Yeah. 
and call in next time, Jeannie. Keith's here for you to, to help walk you through it more. Absolutely. And notice if you have saboteurs, you're listening to this going, oh, don't, I can't call. I don't want to call in. <laughs> it's, um, you know, that that's, might be a saboteur going, don't speak on a radio show. Yet uh, to call in is just such service to everybody, you know. I mean, I know Chris mm-hmm. and I both talk about this is a little bit terrifying to host a radio show every week. There's there's edge to, to vulnerably exposing ourselves, but, you know, it's it's time to take the lid off our jar and take that step towards that. Uh, towards speaking truth, living mindfully. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because it's, it is one step at a time in that process. You know, you can't, you can't think, Tony Robbins talks about this. You can't think about how you don't need to know all the steps to create what you're going to create. You just need to know what your next step is and then your next step and your next step. That's right. So, the journey of a thousand miles yeah. is one step at a yeah. time. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic show with you, Keith. I, as always, I feel better at the end of it than I did at the beginning of it. So thank you for being you and all oh. your great wisdom. Uh, and vice versa, Krista. I just am so honored to share this time with you on, on air every week. And, um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful week, too, ahead. And everybody listening, thank you for listening. And please spread the word. Making Sense of Mindfulness is alive and well online radio. Absolutely. (laughs) You have a great week, Kate. Okay, thank you. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit CarShield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at CarShield.com audio. That's CarShield.com audio.